Hello, hello, hello. It's Monday, and you know what that means. It's time for a football edition of the Big D Podcast. Before I bring in Alex for his weekly segment, please subscribe, like, and share the Smoking Spectrum Sports YouTube page where you can see all episodes and <laughs> rants, and also check out the Big D Podcast on Spotify and Apple. So, uh, Back for his uh, weekly Monday podcast episode is uh, Alex. Uh, sorry, Alex. Uh, you know, Dolphins uh, are now turned into the AFC version of the Detroit Lions with game losing field goals at the buzzer. Thank you for having me, Dylan. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. However, I that's a little disrespectful. At least we have one win. You know, you can't quite put us into the same category as the Detroit Lions right now, but. Uh, you know, it's it's it seems like it's been a weekly. This podcast has just turned into me talking about how bad the Dolphins are, which is great. You know, it's it's the reality of the situation. But, you know, uh, as always, glad to be here, you know, rocking the rocking hatless for another week. Uh, thanks to that pitiful effort against Jacksonville. But I'm here. I'm ready. It's time to go. What was that? What was that again? What was that? Uh, yeah. You like hearing that, huh? Uh, the pitiful loss against the Jacksonville Jaguars. You guys had a bye week this week, huh? So you don't have to worry about uh, getting coming down from that high quite yet. Hey, we, hey, we've got another nine billion mile trip to Seattle next week. Yeah. Hey, at least it's the Russell Wilson with Seattle. Might give you a shot there. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, while everything was happening, well, we talked about all Florida teams. How about uh, Tampa Bay quarterback Tom Brady throwing, what was it? Not 100, 200, 300, 400, 500, but a 600th career touchdown pass yesterday? Yeah, I mean, you know, they call him the GOAT for a good reason. Uh, I was denying it for quite a bit there, but I think at this point it's pretty much uh, locked in stone that he's probably the great, and not even probably, he's the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Uh, it hurts me still to, to this day to say it, but it's the truth, and I'd be in denial if I wasn't, if I didn't agree. You know, I mean, obviously I think uh, everyone expected Tampa Bay to beat Chicago this week. I don't know if many people had a 38-3 to scoreline going for that football game, but uh can't say it quite surprised me. Tom Brady, you know, doing what he does best, throwing touchdowns. He's got the best receiving career, uh, best receiving core he's had in his career with uh, Tampa Bay. And nothing short of expectations, I'd say. And, uh, you know, fortunately for me, a couple of those went to uh, Mike Evans in our little daily fantasy. You know, we had a chat a little bit earlier this week about, uh, or I guess late last week, about uh, our daily or our weekly uh DraftKings matchup. You went with Godwin. I went with Mike Evans. You know, it seems like a toss up every week to see who Brady favors. And uh, fortunately for me, Mike Evans got me the win in that. So uh, shout out to Mike Evans for that. Oh, don't remind me. We'll talk about another wide receiver you who went for 201 yards. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, yeah, my receiving core definitely carried me to the victory this weekend. But uh, yeah, you know, Tom Brady's going to be Tom Brady's going to do what he does best, and that's throw touchdown passes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Mike Evans called three of them. And uh, the funny story yesterday was, I think on the record-breaking, Evans knowingly or more so unknowingly gave the ball, gave the 600th 
touchdown pass to a fan. And now the big story is, will the fan give the ball to Brady or like the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Right. You know, it seems like we see that every once in a while. I mean, records don't get breaking, broken every week, but uh, it seems like more often than not, when a quarterback gets a milestone touchdown, the receiver is so happy to score his touchdown, he doesn't quite think about it. I mean, I remember when uh, Kenyon Drake on the Miami Miracle threw, launched the football into the stands after we beat New England when Gronkowski didn't have the angle. But uh, um, a shout out to my cousin, Dave Bishop, by the way, he listens to these episodes and every single week he, uh, he wants to know how much uh, Patriot he's a, he lives in Massachusetts. He wants to know how much Patriot slander I, I was going to, I give them wasn't planning on doing it this week, but uh, you know, bringing up the Miami miracle might hurt him a little bit, but back to what I was saying, uh, Kenyon Drake, you know, launching the football into the stands. Um, obviously that was a pretty important football for the franchise and uh, they ended up getting that ball back, but you know, Mike Evans hands the ball to a fan, and I think they actually did come up with a deal. And what I've seen is uh, I believe they gave him a different game-used football, so a football from the same game, just obviously not the 601. They gave him a signed either helmet or jersey by either Brady or the team. They didn't specify on that. Plus, they gave him $1,000, a $1,000 gift card to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team shop. You know, I'm – a lot of people are arguing whether he got a, uh, a good deal out of that or not so good of a deal. I even saw that one auctioner uh, estimated that football. I don't know if this is legit or not, but I happened to read it on Twitter. You know, you can't believe everything you hear on Twitter. But uh, he estimated that football could go for about $500,000 at an auction. I don't know if that's legit. That sounds like a lot of money for me. But uh, what would Dylan, if you were in that situation, what would you take if, or, or what would you uh, try and bargain if uh, you had that football? I would, I wouldn't want any. It's not my football. I mean, Tom Brady should get the football. I mean, I mean, I don't want anything. It's Tom Brady's football. It's not, Tom Brady's the one making history, not me. Nobody's you know going to if I've got the ball. Tom Brady okay. should get the football. I do agree with you that Tom Brady should get that football. Obviously, it's a it's a milestone touchdown. They always like those big, uh, even hundred number hundred foot number footballs. But uh, I mean, at the end of the day, to kind of play devil's advocate for you, I mean, Mike Evans gave Mike Evans gave that guy that football. At that point, that's that guy's football. That's a souvenir. That's memorabilia. That's something that you could hold on to forever. Or apparently, according to this guy on Twitter, you could sell it for half a million dollars. I, on the other hand, as you, Dylan, I'd probably be a little bit more selfish than that. Honestly, if I could get a meet and greet with with in the locker, maybe not in the locker room, but maybe they could schedule a meet and greet. I don't know if that'd be feasible. I'd love that. Give me season tickets, maybe, maybe for next year, because, you know, I don't know. I don't know if season tickets for the Dolphins this year would be quite valuable, but I don't know. I mean, I think I'd, I'd, I'd definitely like, just for the opportunity to get to get a cool experience with the team or get some cool memorabilia that I might not have the uh, opportunity to get elsewhere. You know, I think I'd ask for, for a little bit of something, but. Uh, does it have, does it have to be with Brady or can it be with Brady and Giselle? <laughs> uh, someone joked. I can't remember who it was. I think it was, was Roma, I believe jokingly said, um, <laughs> You know, maybe Brady can offer a date with his wife, but you know, I think a lot of people weren't too happy with him saying that. But, uh, you know, I mean, hey, it depends on how much Brady wants that football, I guess. Yeah. 
think uh, hey, I mean, at this rate, with Tom Brady still throwing passes, what, 44? He might throw another 600 touchdowns. Oh, don't be saying that. I'm hoping that. I'm hoping that's one of the last milestone footballs he gets to throw. I mean, yeah, sure, it's been – he's uh, done a lot for the game, but uh, considering the amount of pain he's put my franchise through, I wouldn't mind a uh, a retirement and a uh, end to those football passes being thrown. Any Anytime soon would be nice, Tom. You don't have to go to 50. You won enough games over the Patriots in Miami. Oh, not enough. I mean, yeah, we we stole one from them here and there, but – the amount of uh, defeats and uh, second or third or fourth place finishes in the AFC East has uh, put a little bit of enough of a sour taste in my mouth to kind of just be ready for him to call quits. You didn't lose. You didn't lose three AFC championship games to the, three AFC playoff games to the goat. That's true. However, I mean, and honestly, at this point, I mean, with jo- Josh Allen playing the way he is, and Buffalo playing the way he is, it seems like. New England's obviously not the uh, the number one enemy uh, as far as winning the division, which, I mean, Miami's not even thinking about winning the division anymore, let alone playoffs. But even for the near future, it definitely seems like the AFC East is going to be running through Buffalo. But that, that's, an, that's a headache that we'll have to worry about at a future date. And uh, Miami Dolphins have a lot more problems right now than they do uh, – worrying about the Buffalo Bills. Although two threw for four touchdowns yesterday. Two is not the problem, man. I could, I could talk to you about this for hours, but two, two is not the problem. There's so many more problems in Miami that uh, need to be addressed. But, um, you know, he looked good. He looked good this week. He looked good last week. Obviously, the interceptions are, are something you don't want to be seeing. Not the best inter- interceptions. Definitely uh, throws that he should not have made. However, you know, He's still young. He's still a young quarterback. He's going to make the mistakes, but the uh, the plays that he did make and the uh, the numbers he put up were, were, were nice. I mean, four touchdown passes yesterday is something you'd love to see out of a young quarterback. And he gave Miami shot to win. Obviously, the picks hurt hurt the chances to win, but two is not the problem Miami. Deshaun Watson wouldn't fix Miami. And, you know, it's it's there's there's just so much more than that. There was some other good games, though. Huh? I mean, let me think. Uh, let's let's move this on to uh, how about speak? You know, let's let's do this. You brought up you brought up another player that uh, helped lead my daily uh, fantasy DraftKings uh, victory this week. How about some Jamar Chase, baby? Man went off against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, what do you think of that football game? I think the big well, a couple big storylines that game one. I thought the Cincinnati Bengals were crazy passing up a lineman for Jamal Chase. Uh, Jamal Chase is not a good wide receiver. He's not a great wide receiver. He's a freaking wide receiver. I mean, he let's see. First game against the Baltimore Ravens, eight receptions, 201 yards, and a touchdown. And I think the Ravens might have nightmares about that, about that long touchdown. Yeah, I mean, Halloween's coming up. There's a lot of black and orange, and uh, I think Baltimore Ravens might be seeing ghosts of Jamar Chase this weekend because, I mean, like you said, eight receptions, 201 yards, a touchdown, 82-yard long, long on the catch. I mean, that's 
that's as close to single-handedly dismantling a defense as I've ever seen. I mean, 201 yards. I mean, I remember you. I remember when when Jay Ajayi would run for 200 games back for the Dolphins. But he did, I think, three times in one season. It's like that was one of the craziest. I mean, if you hitting 100 yards is a good is a really good day for a receiver. Hitting 150, you're having a great day. You hit the 200 yard mark. I mean, that's that's the kind of stuff you only see from a limited number of guys and, and only a limited number of guys can actually have the have the skill and talent and uh, offensive presence uh, in, in the offense to be able to do that. And Jamar Chase is definitely one of those guys. And uh, Bengals fans, I know a lot of Bengals fans were a little upset about not skipping over Pinay Sewell, like you said, but I think they uh, I think they are uh, pretty well, well past that after yesterday. And I think Joe Burrow is happy to have his partner in crime back because did you see how well Joe Burrow played yesterday? Holy crap! Yeah. 416 yards with a 79.7 QPO against the Ravens? Against the Ravens? I know. I mean, the Ravens have have been known, obviously, back in the heyday with the Ed Reed, Ray Lewis defenses. I mean, the Ravens defense has always been something that you're not – you're not necessarily looking forward to going up against. And even today, I mean, they've got some studs on that defense. I mean, Joe Burrow, other than the one pick, he practically had a perfect day. I mean, if if your offense can, I mean, you, you put up 41 points on the Cincinnati, Cincinnati, no, Baltimore Ravens defense, an individual, an individual, boy, I am stuttering through this, an in-division rival. I mean, They've got some young guns out there. They've got some young studs out there. And uh, those Cincinnati Bengals young guys are showing up to play. Yeah, I mean, they thoroughly – I mean, usually we talk about the Bengals as the Bungles, but yesterday the Bengals laid a whoop in the Ravens, 41-17. Lamar was running for his life, did not look great, didn't complete 50% of his pass. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this. Are the Cincinnati Bengals the fate in the AFC North? It, I mean, if by the by the looks of it yesterday, I don't see how you could say they're not. I mean, even a, a big a big stat that stood out to me about that game yesterday: is Cincinnati Bengals committed one penalty for five yards. That tells me that that not only I mean, we know they have a young team, we know that they've got some talent, but to see a young team like that be as disciplined as they are to have one penalty for five yards, you put up forty one points. I mean. Pittsburgh, I mean, Pittsburgh and Cle- obviously Cleveland's had some injury problems, but uh, I'd be I'd be pretty worried if I was another one of the teams in uh, in that division in that division right now. Because, I mean, obviously Pittsburgh had the bye this week, so we, we weren't able to see what they were able to do this week. But uh, obviously they'll come back next week. I'd be I'd be scared of Cincinnati if I was any other team in that division. Absolutely. Yeah, especially. Especially coming off that week because you look at it, Cincinnati could have and could have and somebody kicked the winning field goal one against Green Bay a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. But uh, speaking of uh, teams we should be worried about and teams that we might have thought we should have been worried about that may not be anymore, the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah. three and four, three what? put up three points against the Tennessee Titans. Talk to me about that, Dylan. Somebody explain to me what the heck, what heck happened in Nashville because the Chiefs were not boot scooting booking. I yeah. mean, that I mean, be honest, the final score of that game doesn't even 
tell what happened. I mean, after watching, I mean, flipping back and forth yesterday, I was thinking, I saw Derrick Henry, a five-yard line, go back through, go back, and I'm like, I, I knew he was going to throw that jump pass just like he did against the Ravens a year and a half ago, and I'm like, the Chiefs don't have a prayer today. Yeah. I know. I, I mean, obviously, I was watching the Dolphins game at one o'clock, but, you know, they've got those game breaks all the time. And I saw I saw uh, Derek Henry channel his inner Tim Tebow. And I was like, oh, no, this is this is this might be a little. And like you said, I mean, this might be a little ugly for Kansas City today because Derek Henry's throwing touchdown passes. I don't know if there's anything you can do to stop that. And that Kansas City defense doesn't look like they're going to be stopping anything anytime soon. Yeah. And uh, I mean, to me, Derrick Henry might have been the story for the past couple of weeks, but yesterday AJ Brown was the story. I mean, he looked like the AJ Brown from last year. I mean, finally, <laughs> finally get him that Jacoby or whatever illness it was. <laughs> Eight catches for a buck thirty-three in a score. I mean, he was phenomenal yesterday. If you use AJ Brown, you probably made yourself some money. Yeah. Absolutely. Trust me. You don't have to tell me about AJ Brown this year. I've, I've had, I have plenty of AJ Brown shares of fantasy this year. And that has been a headache that I did not expect after uh, reviewing my draft, but that headache went away and paid off quite nicely yesterday. I won five of my six fantasy leagues this week. So, uh, you know, definitely uh, AJ Brown was a big help to that. It's uh, nice to see him get, uh, get 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 his feet back from under him a little bit. You know, Ryan Tannehill was able to have su- some success over the air. And, uh, you know, I expect, I mean, Ryan Tannehill is one of my sleeper guys for fantasy, and I just expected him to have a big year this year because, I mean, obviously Julio Jones, you know he's not going to be playing all six, well, 17 games in the regular season for you. But the games he does play in, I expect him, I expected him to be a big help for Tannehill. Obviously that hasn't really paid off too much this year. He's been hurt and in the games he has been playing, he hasn't been doing too much, but uh, you know, AJ Brown, I didn't really expect AJ Brown to be uh, anything to worry my, uh, to, to be uh, have any problems with him this year. And, you know, he's obviously had a slower start. Obviously that offense has been running, literally running through Derrick Henry and I think we all kind of expected that, but I did expect a little bit more of a passing presence just because of the talent they've got. You know, I think Ryan Tannehill's got a good arm. I think he's a, he's a slightly underrated quarterback. Obviously, I, I know him well from his time in Miami, but uh, you give him those weapons, he, he definitely has, has the potential to make some plays happen. So it's nice to see them get a little bit more of a passing game yesterday, a little bit more of an A.J. Brown, or, or for, for practically the first time this season, A.J. Brown actually stepping up. So uh, things are looking good for the Tennessee Titans. They're sitting at five and two, obviously be- beating what we thought at the beginning of the year, Super Bowl hopeful Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, and obvious. And, and then, as I'm sure you're about to bring up, they didn't have a, they didn't have a bad week last week either, did they? Oh, uh, you mean the you mean the Titans or the Chiefs? The Titans. Well, yeah. I mean, Tennessee beat all Tennessee did was beat Buffalo on Monday and Kansas City on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure when that. Go on. I was just going to say, I'm sure for Titans fans, when they saw the release of that te- that schedule and they saw those two matchups back to back, I mean, uh, you got you got a hope for one and one out of those two games. I mean, a little concerned you might go 0 and 2 in those two games. And look at Tennessee now. I mean, 2 and 2, uh, or 2 for 2 against Buffalo and Kansas City. I mean, that's how you make the playoffs and that's how you make a statement right there. 
Yeah, and speaking of making a statement, the Chiefs are making a statement in the exact opposite way we all thought they would. Yeah. I mean, three and four, and Patton Mahomes does not look like the same MVP caliber quarterback we've seen the past couple of years. I mean, a couple more interceptions yesterday. I mean, do you realize in one, two, seven games this year, Patton Mahomes has thrown – Nine interceptions. Yeah. Nine interceptions. I mean, it, here's the thing. Kansas City's defense has they – were, they were pretty good last year. I mean, obviously, they were good enough to get them to the Super Bowl. We knew that they weren't – I mean, the, the, when you think of Kansas City, you think of their offense. I mean, they've got all of the weapons in the world. But the defense this year is just – I mean, it's been terrible. And then – I mean, what's kind of saved Kansas City is, I mean, yeah, the defense hasn't always been up to par with the offense. I mean, it's hard to be, but, you know, you expect to have a uh, – when, when you've got an offense that good, you, you expect to have a defense that can kind of match it just because they're not going to be on the field all the time. Kansas City should be able to have long drives, sustainable drives, give the defense a rest. However, I mean, the defense is playing bad, and, and Patrick Mahomes is playing almost just as just as bad as that defense is. I mean, the – the, the un, uncharacteristic turnovers. I mean, some of the interceptions I've seen him throw this season have been, I'm, th- I'm sitting here thinking like, oh my God, if Tua threw that, Dolphins fans would be calling for his head and look at Patrick Mahomes throwing these passes. I mean, you, the, the Kansas City Chiefs have been bailed out by Patrick Mahomes in the past and the way he's playing right now, I mean, they deserve that record because he's not there to bail them out. Tyreek Hill's not... I mean, Travis Kelsey has been fine, but not really exceptionally uh, uh, not really exceptional like he has been in the past. I mean, Tyreek Hill, again, been fine, but not really exceptional like he has in the past. And obviously the run game, I mean, um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire getting hurt. Daryl Williams has been has done a little bit in his place, but it just doesn't seem like the the overpowered, you know, I'm going to score more points than you no matter what offense that we're used to seeing from Kansas City. Yeah, and by the way, guess who guess who leads the NFL in turnovers this year? Uh, based on the context, I'm going to guess and say Kansas City. Yes, it's not the Jets. It's not the Dolphins. It's not the Jaguars. Hallelujah, we don't lead in turnovers anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's... It, that's something that Andy Reid's going to have to figure out. That's something that Patrick Mahomes is going to have to figure out. I mean, it's not – obviously, they're not in a good place. Uh, they're sitting in third in the division. But, I mean, it looks like – and honestly, it looks like uh, Vegas uh, getting rid of John Gruden is exactly what they needed for Derek Carr to start stepping up. So, uh, we know the Chargers are, are, are a pretty good f- football team. It's a tough division. I mean, Kansas City obviously thought that they were going to be – in uh, the driver's seat of that division is definitely not looking like it now, but they've got a lot of work to do over there to be able to either, I mean, try and win the division if they can really turn things around or at least make a push for the wild card. But I know Kansas City Chiefs fans were not going to, we're not, ho- we're not expecting to be in this position to be looking up at a wild card spot this year. So they got a lot of work to do. Yeah. Fortunately, the season's a little longer. So they've got some time, but uh, Chiefs can't afford to lose any more games against AFC rivals. Otherwise, they might be watching the playoffs. Yeah, they can come up, come down to Miami and watch it with us. We can, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, 
But um, I'm just saying the Chiefs might like playing in Miami because that's like Kansas City's second home. Remember, they won the Super Bowl there two years ago. Yeah. And, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, I mean, Kansas City might not be a bad team for Miami to have on the on the schedule right now from the way it lo- it's looking. But, you know, I'm sure we'd lose that game, too. I don't see many games on our schedule that I think we can win at this point. But I digress. So uh, lately, Alex and I have been ranting on our NFL teams. But uh, if you head over to the English Premier League, uh, Alex is a big fan of Manchester United. And, uh, well, yesterday, things didn't go well for the Red Devils. Uh, Liverpool beat Man United. I am not kidding. By this score, 5-0. 5-0. Yeah. Uh, in, in England's biggest game, yeah, in England's biggest football match yesterday. So Alex is now not, ran in, not on the Dolphins, but on his beloved Manchester United football team. So Alex, go get him. All right. So uh, if, you fought, if you watch this episode strictly for NFL, you know, I, you might want to tune out here. If you're interested in uh, some uh, European football, I mean, this is going to be a little bit of a passionate thing. So you might want to just stick around just to see what I got to say. But, you know, I, I have a smile on my face because at this point, my sports teams just, it's, it's, I mean, the Heat beat the Bucks by 42 on opening day and the Red Sox lot, at least made it to the ALCS. So I guess things aren't all bad, but, I mean, United and, and, and Miami Dolphins are the two teams that really I support the most. And those two teams have been letting me down excruciatingly and tremendously lately. And yesterday really was the tip of the, 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 tip of the iceberg for me as a Manchester United supporter. Obviously, I'm, I'm red till I die. There's no, there's no thoughts of jumping ship, never would. However, there's been some disappointing results this season. Um, you know, we bring in Cristiano Ronaldo, one of the two best players in the world, maybe two of the best players to ever play alongside Lionel Messi. Obviously, he's at the back end of his career, but it's a club we know he's passionate about. It's a club he, he loves, a club he's called home in the past. And he's playing for a manager that he was actually a teammate with for a short period at the beginning of his career in, at United. You know, it seemed like everything was in the cards this season for United to make a push. I'm not going to say United was going to win the league this year. I'm not going to say they were going to win Champions League this year. I'm not going to say they – I mean, it, but the, it was there. It was, it was available. It was – we built – we put together a team. We brought in defensive reinforcements. We brought in attacking reinforcements. It really just came down to managing. And Oleg under Solskjaer – I love him. I mean, what he did for United in the trouble winning season was something that you are an instant legend for, for the rest of your life, especially for, uh, in a sport as passionate as, uh, as soccer, as European football. I mean, he's, he's a forever legend for Manchester United. However, he's in over his head. I mean, it's, it's so frustrating not being able to see any sort of identity for this team, any sort of, of, tactics coming out of coming from the manager i mean there was a point yesterday i was watching this game and i'm watching us in a 4-2-4 formation with our defenders helpless at the back as they stare at scott mctominay and and fred just 
just kind of running in circles as the, as the Liverpool midfield passes so easily around them. And just, it's, it's an instant counterattack. And when you've got players like, I mean, Mo Salah has been on the best form in the world right now. It's, there's no way you can expect, I mean, I understand. And I've even jokingly said in the past, like, you know, just throw a four, two, four formation up there and win the game six to five. But when you've got defenders and midfielders who will just allow Liverpool to walk straight through you, I mean, it just watching Bruno, Bruno has the chance within the first three minutes of that game, puts it over the bar. And the next thing you know, they turn around, Liverpool turns around and makes it one nil. And that was just the start of the avalanche. I mean, obviously two, three, four, five, Ronaldo scores. Oh no, he's off sides. Pogba comes in. Oh, it's a red card. I mean, it's just, like you said, that's the biggest game in Brit in English football is Manchester United Liverpool. They've been the biggest rivals. There hasn't been a player transfer between the clubs in 50 years, I think. I mean, like direct transfer. I mean, it's 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 a hated rivalry. If you're still paying attention and you're you're not too familiar with European sports, think Red Sox Yankees. I mean, it's that and more. And to come out after a very close result in the champions league where you're losing two nil in the first half to a team that you should not be losing at all to yes we could squeak that game out but paul school said it best i mean he said after that game you know real fair name was in the studio all happy and everyone's all happy and paul schools looks at the camera and he just says i don't understand why united supporters are happy with this i mean you were down two nil yeah you came back and won three two but you're playing against a team with really nobody He's, and, he's, and he specifically said, you know, Jurgen Klopp is rubbing his hands together watching that first half. That's exactly what happened. Jurgen Klopp must have seen that first half and thought, oh, my God. I mean, it's, it's, it's just there's no identity. We can't break defenses down. If we play against a team that puts all their players behind the ball, we have no ability to break the, break the team down. The only tactic we have is hope that Bruno and Ronaldo or, or Rashford or one of our attackers – has a bit of individual brilliance and wins the game for us. And that, and that worked on that worked on Wednesday. And it, there was no chance of that working yesterday because Liverpool played as a team and we have no team dynamic. It's unfortunate. I love Ole. Like I said, I, he's a legend of the club. He's had, he's won some big games for us. He can't, it, I, but he's also flopped in big games for us. I mean, he doesn't have silverware to his names as a manager for United. We've gone four, four or five years at this point without a trophy. We lose in the Europa League final against Villarreal. I, we, I mean, we, we lose in the groups, group stage of the Champions League last year. I mean, it's, it's, this is not Manchester United quality. We love Ole. He's been amazing to our club. But he's not the manager to take United back to the promised land, to the glory land, to, to a title-winning club. I believe that Antonio Conte might be the guy for that. He's tactic focused. He's, he's had success. He's got a great CV, even Zinedine Zidane. I think, I mean, obviously those two are the biggest names that are really available at the time or at right now. But I mean, I've been, I've been, key, I've been practically refreshing Fabrizio Romano's Twitter account. I've been waiting for the news that Ole is going to get sacked. There's rumors that the board has been meeting. There's been rumors that um, the Glazers have been meeting and it's time for Ole to leave the club. I'm ty- I'm sorry. I love the man as a as a person and as what he's done as a player to the club, but he's not the man to take Manchester United back to the top. It's just it's it's a job that's a little over his head, unfortunately. And uh, I can't I can't I just can't sit by and watch the club turn into 
what Arsenal is today or, or, or just not be able to compete because it's Manchester United, they're the biggest club in the world and they need a manager to be able to use and they've got a remarkable team. That's the biggest problem is the players on that team are incredible. It's just, we don't have a manager that can put them in the best positions and give them the best tactics to win. And unfortunately for Ole, I think that's going to be uh, ultimately what, what leads to his um, sacking at Manchester United. But that's my two pieces. I mean, it sucks. It is what it is, but Fortunately, there's something we can do about it. And I think Conte is the day and we'll be getting a phone call pretty shortly. Strong words, strong words. Yeah. I mean, Not as much as a rant, just a, just a, I mean, a bit of a rant, but you know, it is what it is. I'm just identifying what I see. And unfortunately what I see isn't good enough. I mean, as a Chelsea fan, trust me, I mean, we fired uh, Frank Lampard last year and I was wondering what are we doing? But, of course, Thomas Tuchel came in, won the Champions League, reached the FA Cup final, finished top four. Yeah. Sometimes you need a leader of men. Mm-hmm. You know, we so proved last night he was not a leader of men. Mm-hmm. Because in the biggest thing, in the biggest game on the English calendar, Right when El Clasico is playing at this roughly same time, like an hour or two apart, mm-hmm. United laid the biggest egg I have ever seen in my life. I mean, be honest, that game was over in 20 minutes. 20 minutes. I mean, I think people were leaving. Like, half the stadium cleared out at halftime. I've never seen fans leave Old Trafford so early in a match. I've never seen fans leave at halftime of any Manchester United match. No. I shut the game off. I don't do that. I, I, my plan, because that game was going to overlap with that Miami Dolphins game a little bit. My plan was to put the Miami Dolphins game on the TV, and I was going to have my phone playing the Manchester United game for the rest of it. And I was going to keep my eye on both screens. I mean, the second that fifth goal went in, it was, it was lights out for that. I started loading up the Dolphins game, which wasn't – I mean, it was better, but it wasn't – uh, the result was the same at the end of the day. So, you know, it's like you said, it's it's obviously Chelsea moved on from Lampard, a club legend, and it turned out pretty well for them. I have a feeling, I have a feeling and, and a hope that the same thing will happen for United. And uh, I think of Cristiano Ronaldo yesterday. I mean, first game, first Liverpool Man United game back, Doherty scored offside. And then early, late in the first half, Thinking back on it, he could have been sent off right there. He thought he was going to be. He got lucky to be not sent off, but that 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 kick out, he kicked the ball into his stomach. If that if he was two inches to the side and that ball went straight into the body, he would have been sent off for sure. And, so then, what, right. and then what Park Pogba did was absolutely disgraceful, was absolutely immature. I mean, I can see why. Anthony Taylor gave from the red card. I mean, it was yeah. that. I mean, after seeing the refund, I'm like, he's gone. He's gone. I'm like, he's gone. Two-footed, two-footed stud-up tackle. I mean, it's just the rules of the game. There's, there's, there's nothing about it. I mean, it's a straight red every day of the week. I mean, and I, I, I'm confused with United's lineup because Jane Sancho, you paid – how much money did you pay for Jane Sancho? Didn't even see the pitch yesterday. Yeah. I, I mean, it's 
I'm, I mean, uh, as far as Sancho goes, I mean, he hasn't really done much with the minutes he's gotten. I think he's played seven or eight games without a goal or a goal or an, a, a goal or an assist. I mean, like you said, I'm not worried about Jaden Sancho, just like you're not worried about Trevor Lawrence with the Jaguars. They're young players. They're, they've got mountains of potential. I'm not Jaden Sancho is not what I'm worried about. Uh, it was very nice having Rashford back yesterday. Obviously, didn't do. Uh, obviously, didn't really pay off. But just the fact that we have him to be able to play put back in the lineup is nice. But yeah, I mean, it's. At the, but at the end of the day, Dylan, it it shouldn't matter that what lineup that Manchester United team puts out because there is talent everywhere on that team. That lineup should be able to beat confidently seventeen teams in the Premier League. And for that lineup to it, I mean, obviously you're playing Liverpool. You've got to put your best players out there. Obviously Sancho, he's got the talent to be there. I, I wouldn't be, obviously I wouldn't be upset if I saw him in the starting lineup. However, with the, with the player, I mean, Manchester United is a plug and play club. They've got enough depth. They've got enough talent on that team where you take out a Sancho, you put in a Rashford. I mean, it's, it's the, the lineup is questionable, but it's really just the in-game tactics. It's really just, or lack thereof of tactics. That really is, is what the demise of Manchester United is at the moment. I'm not sure you got up early Saturday morning, but uh, Chelsea beat Norwich 7-0. And be honest, Chelsea stole an 11 that, that afternoon looked more like a preseason game. But yet, it didn't matter who played. I mean, Mason Mount scored a hat-trick, won the game 7-0. Yep. I mean, <sighs> what happened was... Uh, in his youthful. <laughs> Luckily, uh, you guys have got a date with Spurs on Saturday. Yeah, we got a tough schedule coming up, too. We got Spurs. We've got, I think, Chelsea pretty soon after that. Spurs, the Manchester Derby, and Chelsea. I don't know if Ole is going to live uh, be around long enough to find out. But Conte, if if I, I mean, I even heard that, that they might do it before Saturday's game. So whether they have an interim manager, if it takes a little while to get the contract situated with uh, Concierge Zidane or whatever they're thinking. I'm hearing more Conte names than I am Zidane yes. names. But, um, you know, whether he does come in this week, next week, I mean, he's got a couple tough matchups right away. So it'd be very interesting to see if, if he does come in to replace them now or whether they wait to Christmas. I don't know. But it definitely seems like a problem that needs to be fixed sooner than later. And uh, if it is sooner, he's got, he definitely has his work cut out for him when he gets in. Yeah. And you also wonder if Conte's the manager because he's such a old manager because he's a more emotional guy. He's the exact opposite of Ole. Ole's just, just the same way. Like you, you really can't tell whether the United's losing five, seven nil or winning seven nil. But Antonio Conte will be on you, you know what? Right. And I think that's what United need. There's a lot of personalities in that dressing room. There's a lot of different, uh, I mean, really just personalities that, that obviously, I mean, when you think of Manchester United and management, Sir Alex Ferguson is the first name that pops in your head. And the personalities that he had to deal with um, were very honestly very similar to the personalities I see on the team today. And Sir Alex Ferguson, they called him a psychologist because he was so well at, at personally relating to each member of his player and giving them the attention that they that he knew they needed. Ole, I don't see that. He's a, he's a friendly guy. He wants to be their buddy. He's always got a smile on his face. But, you know, it's great until it's not. And right now it's not. And I think it's been not for quite a bit now. And I think it's uh, finally time to move on. So, 
Thanks for talk. Thanks for hopping on today, Alex. And uh, we wish you Dolphins well in Orchard Park next week. And hopefully the Red Devils can uh, get back to the winning. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Dylan. A pleasure as always. Always glad to be here.